for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We as your redeemed, we rejoice in you, the God of our salvation. Now move the preacher out of the way, convict, convince, believe, convert, strengthen us, encourage hearts. In the name of Jesus our Christ, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Praise the Lord. Now, now let me let me let me say several things. That's worship. See, listen. Everybody does not understand worship. Worship does not worship worship does not focus on a on a person. Worship focuses on a purpose. Our purpose is Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Our purpose is to exalt our Savior. Not, 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 not to give a hand clap to your person. Not to lift you up before the congregation. I, I, I don't know what you've come to do. But I've come to serve the Lord. I didn't come to look at you. I came to serve the Lord. It was the Lord who snatched me out of hell with smoke still in my garment. It was the Lord that put me on the street called Straight. It was the Lord that picked me up when I fell down. Can I get a witness? We've come to serve the Lord. And, and, and listen, listen, hold it, hold it. You got too many prostituting preachers who want to steal the glory from the Lord and put the spotlight on them. They're heretics. We're here for Jesus. Can I get a witness? Everything we do here is for Jesus. Now unto him who's able to keep us from falling. Your, your mommy ignored you. Your daddy left you. So you want to use the church to bring attention to yourself. No. We're here for Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. We're here for Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Who do men say that I am? Finally, Peter said, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Therefore, upon this rock, me, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. See, listen, listen to Pastor. The more mature you become in Christ, the less attention you want. You start backing away from attention because your whole acclaim is Him. Can I get a witness? Your whole acclaim is Him. Praise His name.
Thank you, choir, again. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brian. Love you, man. Love you, man. Love all you do. Now you got four weeks. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I love him. I love him. You know I love him. You know I love him. If I don't play with you, I don't, I don't, I don't care too much for you. So just, just as long as I'm playing with you, you're good. Yeah. I see you on Sunday. Praise the Lord. Keep walking. No, I'm only kidding. I love all you. Amen. This morning, as we conclude our series on the renewing of the mind, the participle ing denotes a rigorous process. The work that the Holy Spirit first performed in you, Philippians 1 6, is the work of salvation. Amen. Salvation is to know God initially and immediately. Sanctification is to know God, amen, uh, increasingly as we grow. And glorification is, or maturation is to know God intimately, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, fellowship of the suffering being made conformable unto his death. And we have established that the renewing of the mind is not only a process, but it will cause some pain. Yeah, that uh, God renews our mind and we are changed. Hallelujah. Not all at once. We are gradually being changed. Amen. We are challenged. We are no longer in camouflage. We're not hiding. We've come out in the open. And we are committed as we are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then last week we learned how to comfort others with the same comfort in which we have been comforted of God. Today, the renewing of the mind deals with a completion process. God completes us in Christ. And, and so, um, as we look this morning in 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter 5, my subject is God's purview, God's purview, how God sees the totality of our lives. In 1 Peter 5, familiar passage of scripture, but we're going to cover a lot more territory. But, verse 10, but the God of all grace, who have called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you, to him be glory. Now, pay attention to context, but pay attention to connections. Verse 10 is following verse 9. Verse 9 says, These same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Hmm, God's purview. Where denominations differ in their theology is at the starting point of salvation. Some challenge eternal security. And at the point of living out a life of faith and perseverance that we have to differentiate Lightfoot relationship from fellowship. John, the Johannine epistles, John wrote on relationship in St. John, but he also wrote on fellowship in 1st, 2nd John. That um, 
Relationship means that I'm part of the family. That doesn't change. If I were to disrespect my parents at a young age and they said, you, you're disrespectful, get out of my house, I'm out of fellowship, but I'm not out of relationship. I'm still their child. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? And if you can't differentiate the two, you got problems in your theology because the relationship is secure. It's final. You can never be put out of the family of God. Can I get a witness? You can lose your fellowship with God. Amen? And, 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 and so one of the things that we'll, we'll see in, here in, in Peter, this is what we call uh, the Petron epistles, that the word, listen, the living epistles were written by the Holy Spirit and inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the writers to show us how to live. Now, I'm going to say things you may not agree with, but you can't disprove it. After the book of Acts, there's no more mention of miracles. None. God ain't performed miracles. God, the paraclete that indwells us brings therapy for healing, therapeutic, where we get our word therapeuo for healing. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit, come on now, is building up our lives. There ain't no more miracles after Acts, and then there's no more tongues after Acts. Uh, yeah, well, I got a problem with that. Well, you got a problem all you want. In fact, go home, read your Bible. It's not in there. There was no need. Tongues shall cease. Miracles shall fade away. When you understand the scriptures, you understand that the purpose of tongues was the miracle at Pentecost so that every man could hear the gospel in his own language. It is glossolalia, not gibberish. Do, do, do I have a witness? Now, now I'm, I'm not trying to be, not trying to be, con, I'm not trying to be controversial. There's no name it, claim it. After Acts, can I get a witness? What, 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 what you got to understand is that now that the Holy Spirit has indwelt the believer and the Holy Spirit is the paracletos, the paraclete who comes beside the believer who leads the believer, guides the believer protects the believer, teaches the believer now that we have the Holy Spirit we don't need anything else we don't need anything else to say you need something else beside the Holy Spirit is an embarrassment to God it's expedient John 16, Jesus said that I go away, if I go not away, the helper, the paraclete, will not come. And when he comes, he will read it. So, 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 so one of the things that we ah, need, need, need to understand is that God's purpose and plans for his people is to promote in them spiritual Life to mature us in Christ. Get us off of baby food. Now, let me tell you what Paul considers baby food. Baptisms, tongues, arguing positions from limited scripture. That's baby food. That's baby food. The fact of the matter is, is that... uh, (laughs) The Bible says in Romans 8, Paul says, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for you don't even know what to pray for as you ought. The stuff you praying for, God would shut it down because that's not what you need. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who is God, prays for us. Thank God he prays for us. And, 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 and connectively, 
the reason, Romans 8, 28, the reason all things work together for the good is because he's praying. Y'all ain't getting this. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is praying as God. So everything in your life going to work out because he's praying. Because he's praying, I'm going to be all right. Because he's praying, I got the victory. Because he's praying, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because he's praying, my spiritual life is not up to me. Because he's praying, when I don't pray, when I don't read my Bible, when I don't feel like praising God, I'm still being prayed for. Man, man has a need for the emphasis to be on him. God pushes out the way. You don't have nothing to do with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. He promotes spiritual life. He preempts sinful liabilities. He prevents sensitizing the human logic. Now, look at the L's. I, I, I didn't elaborate on this morning. Life. God's will is for me to have spiritual life. God's will is to, is to preempt sinful liabilities. Mm. To stop thinking wrong. To stop speaking wrong. To stop participating wrong. To stop assessing wrong. And then God's will, hang in there, is to prevent human logic. God does not operate as a logical God. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. The very thing you think is not God. Hmm. As a man thinketh so is he. Now let me stop and pull back again. I'm going to get you out of here. One of the hardest lessons for me to learn is for God to come in and change my thinking. See, love to me, love to me was somebody that's close to you, will never hurt you, will never allow you to be hurt, will always be there. Amen. That all the things that we attribute to love, God says, ah, that sounds logical, but that's not me. And Paul says, listen, for you and I to know the love of Christ that passes all understanding. His love is the highest love ever known. Mm. Mm. And, 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 and one of the problems we have today is that we overindulge our children. We give them what they want. We listen to them and everything, and we call that love. That ain't love. That's hate. That's hate. That's hate. That a parent is good for a parent to say no. And no never changes the yes. I know I'm messing up now. Mom, mom, mom can I go back? No, you ain't going back out. That's it. You, you, don't, you don't ask again because the answer still no. And if you ask the third time, you might get whacked. I, I, just told, I just told you no three times. Can I get a witness? The, the, the fact of the matter is to know the love of Christ. Not your logic, not your liabilities, not your form of life, but to know the love of Christ. And see, we can have the word theologically, but the word ain't got us. So the word is only an intellectual point of reference. Do I have a witness? That, that, That when you look at this epistle, the apostle Peter, who's the lead disciple, in every list of disciples, his name is first, emphasizes here a process of spiritual maturity. 
Amen. And it's a letter known as, listen, perfection. Perfection teleos, maturity, to become complete in faith, fortitude, fellowshipping with Almighty God. Peter is writing and encouraging God's scattered people who are under severe suffering as Nero, the evil emperor of Rome, has decided for sport to throw Christians the lions in the Colosseum. Now let me stop pausing part. To show you their devotion to their Christ in the first century, when they were throwing Christians to lions and the lions was devouring them, eating them up, and they in the stands laughing, the Christians didn't go out there crying. They walked up to the lion, knowing that to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. Ah, their faith took away their fears. And then, and then he put some on poles and burned them like candles because they claimed to be the light of the world. All because Rome was being burned down, and he was the one burning Rome down to build a new Rome. The legislation didn't give him permission to build a new Rome, so he decided to set the city on fire and blame it on the Christians. Ah, what history. Peter comes along and understands something. Let what you preach at least remotely be connected to what you practice. Peter! who had to sit back under Nero and Domitian, mainly Nero, and watch his wife be crucified. They made him sit there and watch her be crucified. And then they came after Peter. Peter said, no, you're not crucifying me like that. Turn me upside down because I'm not worthy to die as my Lord. And they, they crucified Peter upside down. So Peter could speak, Sister Hicks, on suffering. He could elaborate on coming under the hand of the enemy. It's here that uh, Peter identifies God as the God of all grace. Mm. I want I want you I want you to notice book wise, book wise, book wise. Listen up. Peter, in the first chapter, Peter talks about their superior inheritance. He calls them elected. Theologically, election precedes predestination. We, we were elected from the foundation world, and then we were predestined to glory. Can I get a witness? And, and, and so Peter talks about their inheritance, their superior inheritance. He talks about their uh, unselfish sacrifice. He talks about their suffering. But he closes his book on their sufficiency in Christ. And I want to I say this because too, too many people don't understand the jest of contextual preaching. That when you look at the book as a whole, Romans, I mean, um, 1 Peter 5.10 is the theme. But the God of all grace is grace in the midst of our grief. God sends grace. Grace is love we don't deserve. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and it's in this context that there are three things emanating out of this text. And I want you to listen to this. As I go through the renewing of my mind, my mind's got to be renewed. That means God is chiseling on me. God is chiseling on me. God is allowing the devil to chase me. <sighs> And God is going to complete what he started. No, 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 no. I'm a a stickler for doctrine, Doc. I'm a stickler for contextual preaching. That is, when you begin to look at this matter of chiseling, look at chapter 5 real quick. And it it begins, chapter 5 begins with spiritual authority. He talks about the ruling elder is the pastor, the episcopos, the poimane, presbyteros. Now, I'm not cussing. 
He's the overseer. He's the feeder. He's the benevolent ruler. That's the, that's the chief elder. Then there are other elders. There's a plurality of elders in churches where elders denote they have oversight and they are spiritually in, in a position of leadership. You got financial elders, you got, you got administrative elders, you got, you got this, you got that. Uh, but, but, but he's dealing with the elders and he says to these elders, uh, verse 2, feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. So there's a feeding, and then neither be lords over God's heritage, but be an example to the flock. And then when the chief shepherd shall appear, he will give you a crown of glory. All right, for your faithfulness, amen, that will not fade away. And then verse 5, likewise, ye younger, that is, what Peter's establishing about spiritual authority, when you don't obey spiritual authority or you hooking and crooking and slick, God says, grace will be cut out of your life. Number one. Number two, number two, number two, when you don't follow spiritual leadership, God has already identified when you're coming down. All through the Bible. Spiritual leadership is a serious thing with God. Obey them that had a rule over you, for they watch for your souls. But you you got to be careful with this. Uh, even bad spiritual leaders, like Saul was, David said, I'm not touching him. I'm not criticizing him. I'm not touching him. I'm not doing anything. He belongs to God. When Miriam, Moses' sister, told Moses, who do you think you are? I'm, I'm your older sister. God don't only speak through you. The Bible says that Moses fell down and worshiped God. And then God struck her with leprosy. There's a transition here. That the Bible says that we ought to be subject to the elders. And then it says, yea, and all of you be subject one to another. Here it is. And be clothed with humility. Now, 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 now the term clove denotes tying a knot, making a bow. Amen. And, and, and what he's doing is he begins to enter this realm of how God is chiseling all of us. He's chiseling us to become humble, to separate self out of the equation. Lord, have mercy. He's, he wants us clothed with humility. That, that is, that is, that is, uh, Proverbs 3.34 is, is a quotation of this. James 4.6, Peter tells us we ought to be clothed with humility, which means to make that bow and tie the knot, hold on. Humility literally means lowliness. Like in John 13, Jesus came to a place, listen, where he took off his robe of authority as Lord and put around him a towel as a servant and began to wash the disciples' feet. That was an act of humility. Do I have a witness? That, that was an act of humility. Well, when is it that our humility comes in question? Well, our humility comes in question, amen, when we have no consideration of others. Me, myself, and I. You're not humble. Because humility says God is first, other second, self is last. But also, humility is in question when we struggle with conflict. Now we're going to do some surgery. We struggle with conflict, and there are times, Brother Arnold, in my life that I'm struggling with conflict because of my DNA. Struggle with conflict. So instead of letting God be God when I'm in conflict, I ask God, would he please lead a room? 
so that I can deal with this. For you and I not to let God handle stuff means we're not showing humility. I got this. <laughs> no, this is mine. Lack of humility. Every time you defend yourself, it's a lack of humility. Every time you give somebody a piece of your mind, ain't too many pieces left. It's a lack of humility. Every time you defend yourself, it's a lack of humility. Because the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lead not to thy own sins. So when we fight and forge, God says, you ain't got no humility. I don't want you fighting. I don't want you defending. I don't want you. So I got to chisel you. So you'll learn to lean on me and let it go. And every time you hear your pastor make a statement like, I ain't letting nobody hurt me. That's, that's how Philly, man. That ain't, that, ain't, that, ain't, that ain't Jesus. And I know where it's coming from. Um, Lord, how far am I on the chiseling process? So God says, well, I'm glad you asked. Let me, let me, let me, let me rise up something and confront you, and then you look at it. He, he goes on, Sister Hicks, to say, yeah. <laughs> Humble yourselves, therefore, under, verse 6, the mighty hand of God. In other words, you're trusting God to give you the deliverance. You're not trusting yourself. You're not trusting your sweet tongue of politics. You're not trusting the lies that you keep permeating that don't match with your heart. Lord, have mercy. Eh. He, he says that he may exalt you in due time. God got to keep chiseling us, man. He got he to keep, keep chiseling us. And, and I'm telling you, God is chiseling me. I, I, I just, Lord, please help me, Jesus. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Just, and, and, and a lot of this stuff is, has been with us for years, long before we were saved. And there's different reasons why we respond and react this way. Maybe you came out of a home where there was a lot of tension and fighting. Maybe, maybe you were raised that way. They hit you, you better hit them back. They too big, pick up something, knock them out. I mean, some of y'all was raised that way, right? Some of y'all, some of y'all was raised that way, right? <laughs> Isn't it hard to break habits that are historical? It is. God knows it is. This stuff is way down on the inside where we feel a need to protect ourselves. And, 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 and so not, not only the conflict and consideration of others, but look at verse 7, casting all your care upon him. Now, now uh, God, God says, I need to chisel you more because you ain't casting everything on me. You holding things back. I got this. Let me handle this. And it ends up handling you. Are you seeing this? Casting all your care upon him. And then, uh, uh, for he careth for you. My lack of humility is that God cares for me. Therefore, I don't have to go into conflict. I don't have to give you a piece of my mind and, you know, all that, you know. Now, let me stop on this point because this point is so relative 
to the context of humility. Humility is not you wearing some corny suit, and putting your head down and you being quiet and passive. That ain't humility. That ain't humility. Humility is you don't have a need to defend yourself. You're trusting Almighty God. Um, my God. You don't forge, you don't fight, you don't have to, amen, do anything. He, he's dealing with this matter of God. Under the mighty hand of God denotes that God says, I'm the chiseler, and I'm going to chisel you until you learn to let go. Your future is in my hands. Your times are in my hands. Your blessings are in my hands. You can't politic your future. Not with me being an all-wise God. First of all, you don't tell me what your future is going to be. I'm going to tell you. And I ain't going to tell you too far in front. Can I get a witness? That, that, that this, this matter of God chiseling us is, is just so real. He's chiseling us. He's, he's taking away the dross. He's, he's working on us. My God. Mm. So because God is chiseling us, he's chiseling us because he wants us to be humble. Mm, my God. Um, mm. Me and Sister Gordon was in the store last week. This is honest got truth. And this saved lady, I don't remember who she was, but she... She walked up to me and she said, oh, they go Pastor Gordon. I guess he buying something he shouldn't have. <laughs> so I looked at her real hard. At first I was going to say, you need to mind your business. But <laughs> I looked at her real hard and I felt the Lord say, don't do it, man. Don't do it. So when she walked off, I told Sister Gordon, I said, was she a fruit inspector? Was she here trying to inspect my fruit? Because in the world, see, I, I just tell you, mind your business. You know what I mean? Mind your business. You know, and, 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 and it, took a, it, took, it took a long time before I, I stopped cussing. <laughs> and every once in a while, <laughs> some of them words just come back. Uh, Y'all, excuse me, I, I believe in progressive sanctification. Uh, and, and, and you know how it is. You know, you, you're raised in the streets. Come on now, y'all know what it is. Uh, and she didn't mean no harm. She was laughing. I... So Sister Gordon said, be nice. Good thing you was here. <laughs> I would have gave you some scripture out of the book of Maurice. <laughs> and, 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 and so, uh, um, and, 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 and listen, I, sh I, shouldn't, I shouldn't get defensive. I was in the potato chip line. So I, 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 shouldn't, I shouldn't get offensive. Shouldn't, shouldn't get offensive. I was going for some lemon-filled cookies in the name of Jesus. You know, go on and eat them, take more medicine, you'll be fine. Just go on and, in the name of Jesus, you'll be fine. But, but, but God, God is chiseling us every day to be Christ-like, isn't he? Isn't he to be Christ-like? Amen. In the name of Jesus. And, and I, I know some of y'all came to a point where you say, oops, mm -hmm. I better not say nothing, da, 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 because 
God is chiseling on us to be, to be humble. See, God loves the humble. He gives the humble more grace. Can I get a witness? When you and I let him fight the battles, when you and I leave things in his hands, when you and I look to the hills from whence cometh our help, Psalm 121, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. You can, you can bet your bottom dollar, amen. When you look to the hills, you ain't being moved. God won't let you be moved. You're unmovable because you're in him. And, 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 and not only contextually does God chisel us, but God allows Satan to chase us. Uh, here we go. Uh, now, I don't want to do 8A because I'm coming back to the mindedness, but check this out. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, now, your adversary, the devil. The word devil means accuser, slanderer. It comes from a lawyer in a courtroom opposing you. Amen. And uh, he's trying to label you with something you're not. Are you getting this? As a roaring lion who establishes supremacy. Amen. When a lion roars, he's telling the whole jungle, I'm the man. All right. And, and, and he walketh about to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Now, now, now let me tell you. Now, now, God's allowing all this. God is allowing uh, the devil to chase you. Paul says, we are troubled on every side, uh, yet not distressed, perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted means chase. We're being chased. We're being chased by Satan and by our own stuff being chased. So, so what, what, what this pulls me back to some of those things I like watching on TV about nature, and I find them fascinating. I give, it's an all-wise God that did nature. Two, two things come to mind. First, the wolf pack. Wolves do not normally hunt alone. It's six or seven of them. It has already been established who's the alpha wolf. Lord have mercy. As they hunt, they sit and they watch the prey. And they predetermine by instinct who they're going to attack. Because what they're looking for is weakness or wounds or weariness. Y'all ain't getting this. And the way they attack instinctively, they don't have no staff meeting. The way they attack instinctively is that wolves can run at 30 miles an hour. One takes off this way and runs the herd this way. He's trying to begin a diversionary and, listen, confuse them. He runs them this way. The next one, he stops. The next one takes off running them this way. The next one takes off running this way. By that time, the one they've identified is separated from the herd, and they close in on him. Satan keeps his eye on you. He sees all this stuff coming in your life, running you from here to here to here to here to here to here, and he's just watching. He's prancing back and forth, waiting for his right moment for you to become separated from the flock. So you lead a church. And the next church you're going to, they ain't giving you the word. I might as well just say it. Can I get a witness? Well, I don't like that. The minute you leave the local church, you lose your covering. And if you join another church, you may have a covering, but it may not be the right covering. Lord, have mercy. Satan has already identified certain things. 
and he's on the attack. Uh, that when you look at, amen, what's that fast running? Gazelle is chased by a, come on, cheetah, thank you. See, y'all was here this morning. I don't know what they doing up here. I need some women up in this pulpit, Doc. Got all these Adams, don't know the word. Look at, look at this. So anyway, so the cheetah is chasing the gazelle. The gazelle can run fast. The cheetah runs 80, 90 miles an hour. But the problem is the gazelle can make quick, quick turns. The cheetah makes the quick turns, but the cheetah runs out of breath. Gazelle keeps going. Do I have a witness? So, child of God, the way this attack stuff is, Paul, I mean, Peter says, watch this now, that your mindset to fight this battle needs to be sober. Wake up, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is prancing about who he made devour. Whom, uh oh, resists steadfast in the faith. Now, let me, let me stop, let me stop pausing apart. We get into all this mystical stuff because we hear this stuff. Uh, you, you, Satan, I command you. I guess the devil saying, Who is this? Who is this Negro? Who, who is he? You command who? You better go home and read Acts 19 where the demon said, Paul, we know. And Jesus we know, but who are you? You got to be careful. The devil ain't nobody to play with. He's the fourth strongest power in the universe. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Satan. So strong that in Jude, when Michael and Satan were arguing over the body of Moses, Michael, who was a bad boy, he's the archangel of heaven. When Lucifer left, Michael got in charge. Michael told Satan, he said, listen, I know who you are, but I'm here in the name of the Lord. Y'all ain't getting this. Michael knew he couldn't be Satan. That when, when you look at these principalities and powers, and minerals, we take it lightly. No, the Bible says, resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Your emphasis is not on you. How many books you read in 20 years? If it's on Jesus. Can I get a witness? In the name of our resurrected Christ, get the hints. Can I get a witness? Knowing that, here it is, the same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Raymond Gordon, everything you're going through, every other thing's going through. We struggle with ministry, we struggle with marriage, we struggle with money, we struggle with mindsets, we struggle. Stop thinking you are the exception. Satan wants you to think that. He wants to question the love of God. He wants you to think you're a victim. He wants you to think you're not loved. He wants you to think that God is not hearing your prayer. Oh no, everything you go through, everybody else is going through. We got family problems. We got flesh problems. We got fortitude problems. I'm preaching up in this place. We've got problems. problems. I'm a pastor. I have multiple, a multiplicity of problems. The great thing about cell phones is that when my cell phone rings, your name shows up. If I don't want to talk to you, I don't answer it. <laughs> I'm forward that. And I'm, I'm, Sister Hicks, I'm embarrassed to say this, but Ring. Oh, Lord, I ain't answered that. They're going to want me to pray out. We all get weak. We all get weary. We all get worn. He allows the devil to chase us, creates divisions, isolate us. Uh, and, and listen, here's the profound thing about satanic attacks. Whatever the devil is going to use against you is already in you. 
He ain't looking up, pulling up no new material. Devil can't get me through no liquor. Here's a fifth for granddad. Here's some Johnny Walker Black. I laugh at him. I never had an affinity. Are y'all getting this? I never had an affinity to liquor. I drank it, but I had no affinity to liquor. I had no affinity to gambling. I went to Las Vegas and had a great time. Never touched dice. More so than some of y'all can say. We got cameras in Nevada. I'm only kidding. But there are other things that Satan put in front of me. Lord have mercy. Can I preach this, Frank? Can I preach it, Frank? There's other things. You put in front of me, I'll be like this. Uh -huh. <laughs> like a lamb going to the slaughter. Satan is not approaching you with the wrong stimuli. You feel lonely? I got something. You feel rejected? I got something. You feel in love? I got something. You feel, you feel, you need affirmation? I got something. He's going to use what's already in you to attack you. My God. My God. Mm. 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 God chisels us. Satan chases us, and his chase is constant. He doesn't let up. He keeps coming. So you might as well get used to the fact of being chased. Can I get a witness? Here's the good thing about being chased. I'm coming in. As long as Satan has chased me, he's never caught me. You know why? Because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete, the paracletos, uh, uh, the emblem of cloud and fire, can I get a witness, will raise up a standard against him and no weapon. Throw your best at me, no weapon. Uh, can I get a witness? Even in my weakness, no weapon is going to work. E e even when I feel like throwing a towel in, no weapon is going to work. Even when I get discouraged and dismayed, can I, no weapon is going to work. Can I, you know why? Because the Spirit oversees your life. He's your protector. He's your insulator. He's your joy. He's your praise. He's your peace. He's your protection. He's your power. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, just ask Jehoshaphat. Second Chronicles 20. He said, Jehoshaphat, <laughs> the battle is not yours. Let me stop, pause, and part. When stuff just come out of nowhere, the battle ain't yours. The battle is the Lord's. And if the battle is the Lord's, all the Lord wants you to do is sit your backside down and let him fight your battles. Won't he fight? He will. He will fight your battles. Won't he fight? He will put you on a street called straight. Won't he fight? He will get victory over your enemies. Won't he fight? I'm a witness. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is. Yes, he is. He is my high tower. The Lord is my refuge. And <laughs> yeah, my peace. He is my joy. Can I get a witness? The Lord is. Yes, he is. The Lord's been good. And wait a minute. Not just, uh-huh, 
in 2018. But Satan was chasing me in the 60s. Satan was chasing me in the 70s. Satan was chasing me in the 80s and the 90s. And every time I look back, I wonder how I got over. It wasn't luck. Now I know my angel was walking with me. My angel was fighting for me. My angel made a way out of no way. Can I get a witness? The Lord is good. The Lord is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. I will not fear what man can do unto me. The Lord is good. The Lord is my high tower. You got to keep your eyes on the Lord. The Lord is. He's my reward. Can I get a witness? Well, well, I got a lump here in my body and I got this going on with my children and my marriage is hot on the rocks and I got all kind of problems uh, breaking out, but the Lord, you got to pull him into the equation. The Lord is my victory. Can I get a witness? After all this bad news contextually about how God allows the devil to chase us, then Peter says, but <laughs> the God of all grace. He's not only the God of saving grace. He's the God uh -huh, of suffering grace. He's the God of sufficient grace. Isn't that right? But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, after uh, you have suffered, uh, Lord have mercy, it's right there, right there, right there in the text. A while. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to go through something a while. It's the while that's chiseling you. It's the while that's humbling you. It's the while that's preparing you. Can I get a witness? Peter said it in 1.6. After you have suffered a while. Who, does, who determines the while? God. God determines how long you got to spend in the ovens of affliction. Do I have a witness? Mom, I used to go to my grandmother's house in South Philly when I was a little boy. And she, I'd walk in the house and see all this stuff on the table, nutmeg and this and that. I said, what you doing? She said, I'm making a cake. Now, I can make a Betty Crocker's cake. Can I get a witness? But this was a cake from scratch. And here's what I learned from her. Any one substance that you eat by itself is nasty. But when you put it all together and you got to start beating that thing. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You start beating that thing till the lumps come out. And God allows us to go through something. And he allows the devil to beat on us till the lumps come out. Then God places us in the oven and puts the cake on 350. I do have a witness. And they didn't have all of them sophisticated gadgets. My grandmother would open up the oven and look in. And then something I didn't understand, I'm telling my age, she'd get the broom out of the corner and take one of the straws off the back of the broom where the broom has not swept the floor. God will take something... <laughs> that has not been exposed to dirt, put it in the cake. And when he draws the straw up, if there's crumbs on the straw, you're not done yet. He's got to put you back in the oven. Can I get a witness? But when the cake comes out, it's got to cool off before you cut it. Do I have a witness? 
That's why, Brother Pew, we don't want nobody joining the church, getting saved, going to discipleship classes, and throwing them up to teach. They need to cool off a while. They need to be in a church a while. They, they need to be in ministry a while. I do I have a witness? Then everybody can enjoy you. Can I get a witness? Child of God, that God allows the devil to chase us. But finally, God is going to complete us. Look what he says. After you suffered a while, uh, he will make you mature. Perfect. Teleos is the Greek word. Complete. Can I get a witness? I don't have respect for people who want to use the ministry to feed self. The work of the ministry is sacrificial. You're pouring yourself out for the embedderment of somebody else. The ministry is not for you. Do I have a witness? It's tied up in here. Look, look, look at this. Look at this. He says he will make you perfect. He will establish you from having shaky feet. And you know we had some shaky feet. In one day, out the next. Can I get a witness? Lord, have mercy. Boy, if I had gotten married between the ages of 18. Now, I didn't get married to 37. But if I had gotten married in my early 20s, I would have checked out, man. The minute you got on my nerve, I'm out of here. What does long-suffering mean? I'm gone, Doc. Forget that. No, I'm serious, because I didn't have, listen, I didn't have establishment. I wasn't settled on the inside. Do I have a witness? And then I see my mother and father go through pure hell and stick it out. Oh, that's a whole nother story. I had a model. Can I get a witness? So, 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 child of God, child of God, child of God, child of God, look what he's saying. He's saying uh, he will establish and strengthen and finally settle you. To him be glory. To him be glory. Well, what are you doing, God? I'm glad you asked. I'm chiseling. The devil's chasing. And the spirit is going to complete you. So when I come forth, I'm like pure gold. Can I get a witness? When God finishes with me, when he finishes chiseling me and allowing the devil to chase me and he's going to cure me by making me complete. Do I have a witness? Now, what did I gain out of all that? I'm glad you asked. Some experience. And tribulations, yeah, and tribulations, amen, will ultimately bring experience, experience, hope. Hope is not made ashamed, Romans 5, for the love of God is shot out in your hearts. The purview of God. You need all three to have a renewing of the mind. Chisel, chased, and made complete. So the Lord can get all the glory. So the church can look to him. Now unto him. He's working. He's satisfying. He's chasing. Isn't the Lord good? Don't, don't fall prey to these little quick, these little quick doctrines of being blessed. There are none. Can I get a witness? God is not giving you a pot of gold and you live like a pot of mess. God is not going to let you, amen, go into an area of blessing and you have not humbled yourself before him. My God. Chisel, chased, made complete. You know what stabilizes us? When we know who we are in Christ. For I am persuaded 
that neither death, nor life, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. What keeps us going like that bunny rabbit, take a lick and keep on ticking? What keeps us going like that Timex commercial? What keeps us going is the grace of God. It was grace that picked us up. It was grace that turned us around. It was grace that planted our feet on solid ground. How many know you're being chiseled by God? How many are being chased by the devil? How many know you're being made complete in his image? Let's stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here today and you need to be saved, I know they don't preach this no more. You must be born again. Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Give your life to Christ, and you will be eternally secure. Raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. You want to be saved. If you're not saved, you're on your way to hell. You need to be saved. Is there one? Or perhaps you want to join the church in your Christian experience. We'd love to have you. Is there one? Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for the renewing of the mind. It involves process. It involves pain. It involves the productivity of the Holy Spirit. God, thank you through Peter for allowing us to see that we are being chiseled by you. We're being chased by the devil. And God, when we come out of this, we're going to be complete. Thank you for your blessings. Bless our church. Bless all that we do, Lord God, in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, amen. what a process. God bless you. Wednesday is the home going for Sister Pringle. The buses are leaving Thursday morning for the women's retreat. We love you. Have a great day.